Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. It may have suddenly during the commercial break become an open container Friday. We will also make it an open line Friday. You can call in. Uh, you don't have to tell me what you're drinking. Eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. I just, just as a side goal, I, I, I will be candid and honest. As I said at the beginning of the show, I, I try to be very transparent and relational with all of you. I, I don't try to come in here every day and be a character. I, you know, so there's a there's a very famous talk radio show host who will go nameless, who most of you would would know the name of the person. And uh, I, I have several mutual friends with this person. I, I want to meet this guy. I, I, I don't know him. I'd like to meet him. Um, we have several mutual friends. And they said the problem is that uh, over time, he has become his radio persona. He has become his radio persona. He used to not be, and now he's just kind of that way. Uh, and, and you just have to accept that. Uh, I, I'll tell you, if you ever heard or knew Neil Bortz, who was on the radio with me in Atlanta when I first met him. Uh, his boss and mine at the time, the pig farmer at WSB, uh, cautioned me the very first time I met the guy. Uh, just, you need to know, he is exactly on air as he is off air. And he definitely was. <laughs> but a lot of people, that they, they, they come on and they they play a character on the radio, and I'm just, I it's, that's, that's just not me. I just, I, I am who I am, take it or leave it. Um, th- thankfully people are fine with it, but I, I say all that to say, uh, I, we got an hour left and, and it's the weekend and I am, I'm starting to feel it. So on Monday I had to be on CNN that night and then to, in order to do my show from Charleston on Wednesday, I had to find, I've, I've got a, a wireless system that connects into the radio unit and I couldn't figure out where it was. And it turns out after about two and a half hours of searching for it, it had fallen behind my desk. So I went to bed after midnight, uh, got up at 7 a.m. on Tuesday, had an 8 a.m. meeting, uh, did not get to bed until after 1 o'clock Wednesday morning because had to drive to Charleston and then was up uh, at 7 o'clock Wednesday morning. We had to be at the Nikki Haley event early. We were there all day, got in the car after 5 Rush hour in Charleston, got home after 11, had to be up yesterday at 7 in the morning, uh, had to be in Atlanta last night, didn't get home until after 11, in bed after midnight, uh, up at 7.30 this morning. I slept in a little bit, and I'm here. I am caffeinated. I have several uh, large Yeti tumblers of coffee in my system, and it's not working today. I've done everything. I, I've been walking laps around the office during commercial break. So I, I, I figure I can't yawn or fall asleep on the radio. That would be bad form. Uh, that would be a bad host. So I will endeavor to, to find something that works me into a frenzy and makes me mad. And I will, I will cover that. And I want to begin with something very specific. John Meacham was on MSNBC. I, I want to play you a couple of bits of audio. This is from yesterday. Uh, this is John Meacham, the guy who advised Joe Biden to do the speech with the red lights uh, in, in Philadelphia. It's a bottom line. And if you hope, and there are a lot of establishment Republicans, and I'm sure Joe talks to him all the time, who 
I think have this vision that somehow it, the old musical Brigadoon that was the city that only came down once every hundred years or so. Yeah. It's a generational yeah. illusion, John, that yeah. we'll talk about later. Okay. Right. Um, they had this vision that there's this post-Trump world that's just going to come one day. And there are now normal people, you know, there are AEI Republicans running. And so they're like, okay, you know, we have some people now who have been to a heritage seminar, so it's going to be okay. I don't know if it's going to be okay. Right. Because it just takes 30, 35%. And the polls have been consistently wrong now for years for various technical reasons. I don't think we're through this. And it's an American question, not a partisan mm -hmm. one. And whether it's the governor of former governor of South Carolina or the former secretary of state, whoever it is, I think the person who's going to break through here has to break through for the country, which might kill you in the party. Right. You need a Mitt Romney. Yeah. As opposed to one of these sort of sub Trumps. And you wouldn't get that. But if we want the if we want this experiment to keep going, we need that. This experiment, he means the American democracy. That's him. And now this is Essie Cup on CNN. No, her messaging over the past few years has been very contradictory, not just about Trump, uh, but about about January 6th, about about wokeism, about Confederate flag. She's going to really have to reconcile sort of the messiness of her positions when she's challenged, like for the first time by a, you know, an aggressive press a national press now that she'll be on the national stage. She'll have to account for all of that. Not only that, though, she'll have to explain why being generationally new is actually new in terms of policy. Um, because to me, she sounded a lot like um, Trumpism, just with, a, you know, um, bigger words and a little less anger. So is the is the generation the only new part? And you're going to bring a lot of Trumpism with you, the the anti-wokeism, um, you know, some of the anti-immigrant stuff that he did, or are you really going to bring new policies that address a new generation of Republicans and a new generation of voters that might be disaffected and disillusioned with both parties? We'll have to see what she prepares to do. You got that. I, I Here's what's going on here. In the national media, the intellectual elite within the national media, they think anyone and everyone in the GOP is Donald Trump unless they sound like a Democrat. The national media doesn't like the Republican Party and never has liked the Republican Party, and they resent like hell that the Republican Party was able to beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. What they want is to pick our party for us. The media, the liberals of the media, believe that they should be the ones to pick their person, who happens to be our person, but it will be their person. There, there's a um, very famous person uh, who was, I mean, the man was brilliant, a polymath. He was a theologian, an organist, a musicologist, a writer, a humanitarian, a philosopher, a physician. 
His name was Albert Schweitzer. Albert Schweitzer was born in the German Empire in 1875. He died in 1965 at the age of 90. By all accounts, Albert Schweitzer was a genius. He was deeply devoted to his faith. He was uh, brilliant when it came to music and new theories and ideas and was committed to to being a great humanitarian. I mean, there, there were jokes on TV in the 60s and 70s. Who do you think I am, Albert Schweitzer? I mean, just, just the, the, the famous man. He, he was so famous, they put him on a stamp in the Netherlands. There's a prize named after him. He won a Nobel Prize, I believe. I mean, yeah, Nobel Peace Prize in 1952. Uh, he, he was a very, very famous man. And Albert Schweitzer in 1906 wrote a book called The Quest of the Historical Jesus. What Schweitzer did was in his book looked at all of the people, particularly German theologians in the 1800s and how they viewed the man Jesus. And the thing that Albert Schweitzer could point out is that all of these people, they acknowledged Jesus was real and he was a great man and he was like this. And what Schweitzer pointed out was that what all of these people are doing with Jesus of Nazareth, the historic figure, is they are interpreting him through their own lens of what they think is good. So the philosopher found Jesus to be the philosopher. The doctor found Jesus to be the great physician. The, the, the educator found Jesus to be a wise educator. They all found him to be the person they wanted him to be. And Schweitzer says that's not really who he was. And then Schweitzer said, I will tell you who Jesus is, and did the exact same thing all the others did. It's actually, for a man who is as smart as him, it was it's just a very tone-deaf thing to do. A, 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 it lacked a level of self-awareness to write a book that points out that all these people who are writing about Jesus of Nazareth, a historic figure, trying to decide who he was, they all decided he was exactly like them. And then Schweitzer comes along, points that out, and then does the same thing. These members of the media are the Albert Schweitzers of partisan politics. They want to tell you who the real Republican is, and it's them. The real Republican, the one who can win America over, the one who can go beyond Trumpism, it's the Republican who believes in trans rights. It's the Republican who loves illegal aliens and wants to go down to the border and build a dam so they can walk across with dry feet. It's the Republican who's going to spend a lot of money and shut down our military. That, that's the Republican they want to win. That's the Republican they think can win because it's them. They don't like Trumpism. They don't like the policy changes of the GOP after Trump. That's at the elite level. But there's another side of the media as well. 
And this side of the media is the not very thoughtful media elite, the ones who got there through nepotism, the ones who got there through their connections, not the ones who got there with their own work, but the ones who got there because they're buddy-buddy and charm offensive with people. And and one of those is uh, Molly Young-Fast, who's not spectacularly accomplished, but is well-connected in a a well-connected family, and she's got a piece in Vanity Fair that Ron DeSantis should not be judged like covered like just another Republican. Trumpism without Donald Trump has long been a fantasy of the GOP donor class. Plenty of things about the Trump presidency generally delighted Republicans like tax breaks for the wealthy, the desire to shrink the government and drown in a bathtub. Hell, they've even enjoyed the cruelty, but the sloppiness, the endless forced errors, well, no one likes that. Which brings her to Ron DeSantis who she says is just like Donald Trump, but too competent, and he must be stopped. This is the other view in the media. It's either they want a Republican who's just like a Democrat, or they want Donald Trump. All of the people who could stop Donald Trump, you will notice the media is going after, including Ron DeSantis. And their argument is that he's like Trump, but he's too smart. we got to stop this guy. They saw their subscriptions decline when Trump was gone. They saw their ratings decline when Trump was gone. They want to help Donald Trump be the Republican nominee. They want to sabotage anyone. They say Donald Trump is an existential threat, and they are hell-bent on making sure he's the Republican nominee again, where they can beat him just like they did in 2016 with Hillary Clinton. Oh, wait. So my kid has a queen-size bed. We've got a king-size bed. We got him bull and branch sheets, and he's used them he had like kid sheets and now he's old enough he doesn't want the the action figure sheets anymore well we got lost because i mean the sheets look like our sheets except they're queen size sheets and they got put in our closet and the kid was in despair we got him bowl and branch sheets they've gotten softer and softer and he's like where are my real sheets he refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft they're that good they're made with a 100 percent Organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of bull and branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. My goodness. my Seriously, my kid, uh, he's finally like, my sheets are for kids. I'm, I'm grown up now. And uh, it's just a, a step of quality above what he had. And now he's like, can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed and it fits. It doesn't like bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bowling Branch sheets when you use promo code Eric at BowlingBranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello, friends. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, it's an open line, open container, Friday sort of afternoon. Why? Because, well, we can do it. Um, So I I got a dilemma. I'll I'll share my dilemma with all of you. This is a maybe I should stop talking about this because it it has caused some problems. You know, on Sundays, as we begin the week, Sunday is the first day of the week, not the last day of the week. And you you get up, you go to church. If you watch the live shot of me now um, or watch the videos of the show, 
it's kind of cool. My church steeple is is right in the background, uh, out the window behind me uh, from my new office. You go to church, you come home, and then I cook. Um, I, I I make meals for my friends. They come over. We have bourbon and cigars on the front porch, rain or shine. If it's bitterly, bitterly, bitterly cold, we've got heaters out there. Only once or twice have we had to give up the cigars and go into the 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 back porch to watch sports. One day, my buddy Vince is going to build me a, a man cave, and and we'll be able to have cigars inside and not have to worry about the elements. But we watch sports. We watch football. We'll watch hockey. We'll occasionally watch baseball, which I love, but baseball's kind of boring to watch on TV unless you're my CFO and he's a big Mets fan, and then it's just miserable watching him watch the Mets, but that's okay. But um, I we're at that point. The Super Bowl was last weekend. Baseball hasn't started. There might be a hockey game on Sunday, but I don't know what to watch. If there's no hockey, what do I watch? There's this there there's basketball and I, and none of us are basketball fans. I was actually I was at this event last night and then um Philip and I went to the the cigar place across the street and they had a women's college basketball on. I I can't tell you my actual comment because I would get canceled. But I will just say this, there was no one. There were a lot of women in this in this cigar place. No one was watching uh Notre Dame and Louisville. Uh which I thought was very interesting. Hockey came on afterwards. Uh white dudes on skates and the majority non-white crowd in the bar was more likely to be watching the the white dudes from Russia on skates playing for American teams than they were the girls playing college basketball. No disrespect intended to college female athletes, but uh, the desire to watch female sports isn't overwhelming. I mean, it's like the WNBA. No one really knows it's a thing, and they, they think it's a joke until you tell them it's real, and they can't even name you the name of the teams. Brittany Griner, we only know her name because she was held hostage by the Russians, not actually because she did anything. I don't know what we're going to watch. We don't want to watch basketball. Maybe we'll watch Seinfeld. Uh, so I saw Seinfeld has a stand-up comedy on Netflix. I watched it. It was actually deeply funny. One of the lines, if you're a parent, you'll appreciate this. In, in Seinfeld's stand-up, he, he's talking about going on vacation with his family. He's like, he loves his family. He likes to hang out with them at home. Occasionally, they want to go hang out at other places. And, and people call it vacation. What he calls it is arguing in the hotel room, arguing in the airport, arguing on the airplane, arguing at the beach. That's what vacation is. <laughs> oh, I can relate. My, my wife and kids, we don't argue. Like, oh, I can relate from growing up. Uh, packing to go on vacation was a stressful time in my house as a kid. My parents would all, that was when they bickered. <laughs> we'll be back. Y'all, I want to be real honest with you. Uh, I have looked, because you have asked me to look, for a reputable gold company that can give you advice and answer your questions that's not gimmicky. Like, for example, some of them do certificates, and some of them they try to rope you in with other stuff. You are interested in precious metals for your retirement savings uh, to ease the ebbs and flows of inflation and wild swings in the stock market. Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold. That's who you want to call. Uh, Advantage Gold, I have looked into them. I have had them answer my questions. And it is not one of these gimmicky places. There aren't tricks. 
They really just want you to have a great experience learning how to be a gold investor. Give them a call, 800-450-2566, 800-450-2566. Tell them I sent you. You can get their free gold and IRA investment kit, but call them if you got questions. They're good people, 800-450-2566. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, you're more than welcome to. I, before I go back to phones, I I I need to. I just want to play this audio because I'm kind of I'm kind of flabbergasted by by the arrogance of this audio from Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation. Just listen to this. Uh, look, rail safety is something that uh, uh, that has evolved a lot over the years, but there's clearly more that needs to be done because uh, while this. Uh, horrible situation has gotten a particularly high amount of attention. Let, let, let's just pause there. This rail situation from East Palestine, Ohio, got a particularly high amount, large amount of, of media coverage. High amount of attention. Large amount of attention. There are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing. The Secretary of Transportation, there are a thousand of these a year. This one's just got too much attention. How does that make it good, Mayor Pete? Good Lord. Pothole Pete needs to go fill some potholes. Let's go to the phones. It is open line Friday, 877-973-7425. Steve, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Hey, I was just calling. I've been wanting to call you since month, since you mentioned it on Monday. Uh, Sunday, the Great American Race, Daytona 500. Now, what time is the Daytona 500? Isn't it, doesn't it begin like in the afternoon? Yeah, it starts at 2.30, I believe, but you, it's going to run for a while. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, by the way, um, let me, Steve, while you're here, uh, James has emailed uh, hi, Eric. Okay. Just to let you know, NASCAR is starting in Daytona this Sunday. It's a Southern sport. <laughs> it's I a conspiracy. A Listen, I, hey, I got to tell you, my brother-in-law and my oldest sister love NASCAR. My brother-in-law grew up uh, around the Petty family, and it oh, took nice. me to a race uh, in Richmond, Virginia one time. And I just – I. I actually, it's it's like baseball for me. I love going to uh, one, but I just don't like watching it on TV. I got you. I understand the difference there, but I mean, like, and also, if you ever get a chance uh, to catch one down here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, they redid it. Yeah, you know, I should probably do that. My, my, my buddy Doug Turnbull uh, does traffic on WSB, big NASCAR fan, and is there a ton. And yeah, that 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 is a giant facility it's like when i used to be a kid i'd drive home from college across i-20 go through tuscaloosa you look over you see the giant track there uh they're impressive facilities they redid the entire track and don't forget nascar's where we got let's go brandon yep that that's true that is true look i I, steve (laughs) i i appreciate the sales pitch that's a good one i just i don't know Uh, it's very much like watching baseball it's not that i don't like it it's that I find it very boring to watch. <laughs> Just, I, no. I mean, I'm fascinated by it. I've got a buddy of mine who is um, 
big into Formula One racing, and he goes all over the place to watch it. Absolutely loves it. Um, goes all goes to also goes to Indianapolis. Go goes goes to France. I, I'm y'all listen, I, I, I don't intend any disrespect here because I, I appreciate the skill of it. When you've got cars, they're made by different They're made by different companies, but they're pretty much identical in, in their, their schematics to a degree. And you, they use the, the wind differential and, and they use their skill to maneuver on a track to get around people. They're going at very high speed. They could literally die. It's really impressive. It really is impressive. I just don't like watching it on TV. And it would kind of defeat the purpose as well because by the time the guys get over on Sunday night, uh, the race will be over, uh, which still leaves me of what are we going to watch on Sunday night. Um, You don't want to watch a movie that you have to pay attention to because you do want to be able to visit some. That's the great thing about it. I mean, kind of that's the great thing about a a nighttime NASCAR or a a um, baseball game. And can I say that like when there's a wreck, the, the, that's what, when you really want to pay attention, that that's what captures the mind. And maybe there's, I don't know. Um, we're just in that weird time of year where there's, there, there really aren't a lot of sporting events uh, that are worth watching on a Sunday night. We'll figure it out. Eight, seven, seven, nine, seven, three, seven, four, two, five. I, I, I got to get to this because um, I, it's going to be in my mind and I want it out of my mind. What you guys don't realize is, I a lot of people will approach me after the show and say, "Oh, that what you said earlier was so good." I, I just and I'm like, "What? What did I say?" When I speak it, it leaves my mind and makes room for other stuff. And I must talk about this. There are protests at the New York Times. Uh, New York Times contributors. And LGBTQ advocates have sent an open letter criticizing the paper's trans coverage. One of the letters, signed by more than 370 current and former New York Times contributors, several of them trans and non-binary, said the Times has in recent years treated gender diversity with an eerily familiar mix of pseudoscience and euphemistic charged language while publishing reports on trans children that omits relevant information about its sources. In a second letter, more than 100 LGBTQ and civil rights groups, including GLAAD, the Human Rights Campaign, and PFLAG, said they support the letter from contributors and that the Times is platforming fringe theories and dangerous inaccuracies. Among the prominent advocates and public figures signing it were Jeopardy! champion Amy Schneider, TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney, comedian Hannah Gadsby, she's not a comedian, she's not even funny, Queer Eye star Jonathan Vesnez, Van Nez, and actors Gabriel Union Wade and Tommy Dorfman. They called on the Times to take a number of actions to change its coverage. We are in a war for the English language. These people say the Times has used pseudoscience. Well, the Times is actually used as science. What is pseudoscience is the idea that a boy can become a girl. There are a lot of people who oppose the transgender agenda who say this is about harming kids and we should protect kids. What it actually is about is harming truth. 
And I know it makes me a hater. It makes me a bigot. It makes me a transphobe. It makes me all those things to say it is not true that a boy can become a girl. You can leave religion out of it. You can leave Jesus out of it. You can leave the Old Testament out of it. You can leave the New Testament out of it. You can leave the Quran out of it. You can you can lead theology out of it. Boys cannot become girls. That is the reality. And the pseudoscience is the supposed science that says, yes, they can. It is not true. It has not been true. It never will be true. The text, the binomial nomenclature for humans is Homo sapiens. We are in the animal kingdom. We are in the Chordatophyllum, the class of mammals, the order of primates, the family of hominids, the genus of Homo and the species sapiens. Let's go all the way to the mammal class. Mammals are known for their mammary glands. See, all animals, and we are an animal in biology, all animals are divided into uh, King Philip came over from Great Spain, kingdom, phyla, class, order, family, genus, species. Now they've added over time suborder, infraorder, subfamily, and tribe. But at the class of mammals, mammals are that animal that is defined by mammary glands. They tend to also have hair, mammals do. But mammary glands, now they can be diverse like dolphins, elephants, apes, which gets you to primates. Primates, that's where the apes come from. The, those with opposable thumbs, that's where the primate comes from. And here's the thing, the further you break down, you get to class and you get to order where humans are in this class, there is no group in that class that can swap sex. We're not talking theology. We're talking science here. We're talking biology. You do not get to change from being a male to a female. There are species of animals that do things like that. Clownfish is a great example, except they're in a completely different class of animal. We're not a clownfish. We're a primate. And primates don't change their sexes. And of the animals that do change their sexes, they don't have to have a doctor do it. They do it themselves naturally. The pseudoscience is that a boy can become a girl. The science is that this is not physically possible in our class, in our genus, in our species, in our class, in our order. Among mammals, among primates, boys don't become girls. Among primates, boys don't become girls. That's the truth. 
And what they are doing is they're saying truth is a lie and lie is a truth because they feel a certain way because they have taken chemicals or they have had surgeries to conform and they want to silence the New York Times. They want to bully the New York Times. And this is what the essence of this war against common sense is about. They cannot win it with truth. So they win it with fear and bullying and pressure. They win it through the silence of others. They win it through forcing the silence of others. They win it through making you shut up. They win it by making you care. A writer wrote this at the New York Times. Trans people need and deserve protection. I believe the majority of trans-identified people not only pose zero threat to others, but are vulnerable. I respect every trans person's right to live in any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I feel nothing but empathy and solidarity with trans women who've been abused by men. And then the author of this piece of the New York Times writes this. These statements were written by J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series, a human rights activist, and according to a noisy fringe of the Internet and a number of powerful transgender rights advocates and LGBTQ lobbying groups, a transphobe. Even many of Rowling's devoted fans have made this accusation. Critics have advocated that bookstores pull her books from the shelves, and some bookstores have done so. She's been the subject to verbal abuse, doxing, and threats of sexual and physical violence, including death threats. In a rare and wide-ranging interview for the podcast series, The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling, Rowling's is going to share her experience. The campaign against Rowling is as dangerous as it is absurd, and it goes on from there. And guess what? The New York Times is under attack for publishing a defense of an author who sold so many books, it's got God raising an eyebrow at the number of books she sold compared to the Bible. That's a Dave Chappelle line, and he did it better than me, but you get the point. She sold a massive number of books. And these people want her shut up. They cannot win with the science. They call the science pseudoscience. They cannot win with the facts. They call the facts lies. They cannot win with, win with logic. They say you're disrespecting their truth and their emotion. They cannot win with any of it. They only win by censoring. They only win by silencing. They only win by bullying. And they're trying to bully the New York Times, which is one of the most sympathetic organizations to trans rights in the country, but dares to actually cover that more and more people are saying we're probably rushing kids into chopping off their body parts, and it's not good for them. It's not good for us. It's not good for society. And governments in Europe are starting to rein it all in and stop doing it because they're realizing they made a mistake. You have to speak up on these issues when you have a platform like this because otherwise they win by making people scared. They win by making everyone else be quiet. And their lies become truth. Their pseudoscience becomes science. We are endangering the lives of people around the world by medical schools embracing this pseudoscience. We are endangering the lives of boys and girls. But more important than all of this, we're elevating lies. 
I refused to say the 2020 election was stolen because it was a lie. I refuse to say that boys can become girls because it is a lie. I don't always get the truth right, but I try very hard to get it right. And there will be those who will bully me and pressure radio stations and advertisers to stop carrying me and stop supporting me. I know that is coming, but it is very important for all of you to understand that we've got an obligation to speak truth. Speak it lovingly. You don't have to be a brain biblical donkey. But it's truth. These people are calling science pseudoscience, and they're calling truth lies. They're trying to manipulate the English language and censor others because they cannot win based on facts. They cannot win based on science. They cannot win based on biology or even theology. They cannot win if we just speak the truth. A great group standing up for people speaking the truth on this issue is Patriot Mobile. They fund conservatives, they fund Christians, they fund those who are truth-telling in society, and they do it by growing their profits, and they grow their profits by you moving your cell phone business to them. All you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, and you take your business to them. Take your business to Patriot Mobile. Tell them I sent you, you get free activation. They take a portion of their profits and give it to the conservative causes you care about. More importantly, you get guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers you're probably using right now, but they fund conservative causes. They are not woke. They're Christian conservatives. They don't fear the wokes. You can call them if you want, 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation. You get guaranteed great service. You can go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric and see their detailed coverage. That's 5G data voice. You get it all. Patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Too late to give you the phone number, I suppose. I saw an article, and I actually thought it was a Babylon Bee story, but it turns out it's a real story. It's a news article. It's not even an op-ed. It's an actual news article. Let me read you the headline. This is from the Wall Street Journal. To save money, maybe you should skip breakfast. Now it's actually a a story about the um about inflation. Several breakfast staples saw sharp price increases due to a perfect storm of bad weather and disease outbreak. Egg prices increased 8.5% in January from a month earlier, up 70.1% over the past year. Frozen non-carbonated juices and drinks rose by 1.5% in January with a 12.4% annual increase, the highest in a decade. Breakfast cereal increased more modestly, up 0.4%, but prices in the category were up 15% over a year. Breakfast lovers might be better off just having a cup of coffee. I mean, that's the reality in Joe Biden's America. For people to save money, they have to give up eating breakfast. The most important meal of the day, they told us for years. This is where we are as a society. Are people really going to want to keep this status quo in 2024 if the GOP offers someone other than Trump? Trump. 